Welcome, guys, to the Faithful Fountain Podcast, where real humanists meet eternal truths from God's Word. Join me as I drive around and I just turn on my phone and share my thoughts on the Bible and God's Word and just being honest and real. I hope these thoughts bless you and um, just speak to your heart. And yeah, let's do it. Welcome to episode three of the Faithful Founds podcast. Um, so today, I want to talk about what freedom is. What does freedom in Christ look like? It's a term that we all heard, and a verse we've all heard is that that those who are in Christ know are free indeed, and you know Jesus, Jesus has made us free. But let's, let's go ahead and break that down and understand what that actually means and what that implies in our life. And the reason why I want to do that is because I think sometimes we live as Christians sometimes kind of constrained. We live sometimes putting ourselves under our own kind of pressure to be perfect and um, just trying to meet these uh, our own ideals as a person. And sometimes it kind of weighs heavy on us and we kind of rob ourselves of joy, of freedom in Christ. Um, so yeah, so let's go ahead and jump into it. So first off, well, before we start getting into defining freedom and what that looks like, I want to talk about something um, that I learned about um, taking Bible classes at Biola that really helped me a lot in understanding what it looked like to be a Christian. Um, that's growing, that's, that's kind of not perfect yet. Um, but still, at the same time, knowing that I can be loved and knowing that I am accepted and known by God. Um, and so, what this, what this thing, what, what I learned about in school was this thing called the gap theory. Um, it's a theory on our on our walks as Christians on growing, particularly in um, in the area or the I guess the doctrine of sanctification. Um, what the gap theory says is that. There's this gap between who we actually are and between who we think we should be. You know, this righteous, good person, well put together, you know, just mature, good Christian. Um, it's a gap theory. It's like we know who we should be. We know the things we, we ought to do. Um, but then we, when we look at our own lives and when we see ourselves in the mirror, we're like, whoa, we're actually not that person. Um, and that's called a gap theory. Um, and that's something that was hitting me hard in college because I, what I was having a hard time believing was that I can't be a sinner, I can't be imperfect and have weaknesses, and God still loves me. Like, how can that be? Like, how can God love someone who's imperfect, who still needs growth? I mean, who even. When I looked at myself, I didn't see things I liked, and so I didn't like them. So God most definitely couldn't, you know, look at those and like them, and and much less, so much more, love me. So that was something I was really wrestling with, you know, in college, and um, this thought that I am not where I should be, so God isn't loving me as much. So I need to grow more, you know, mature more, so God can love me more. That is totally far from biblical truth totally far from what God says about us um, and something that really rob, robs, robs us of our joy 
And that's not that's not what freedom is. That's not what we're called to, to live in. That's not what Jesus came to give. Um, so this gap theory, there's two, there's a couple ways that we tend to think how God works. That you no, know, God does to, to solve this. Um, one is, you know, it recognizes that God, it recognizes that God can do all things. Um, he's able to do all things. So why, why can't God just snap His finger and make us perfect, you know, in one step? <laughs> I mean, it's easy enough. God can create the universe, so why couldn't He do that in us? And I was called the zap theory. It's like, okay, so why can't God just zap us and make us perfect, you know, in one step? It'd be so easy, so convenient, you know, we, we wouldn't have to worry about growth and failing and weaknesses. We'd just be, you know, everything we do would just we'd be perfect. We'd be essentially like Christ, you know, in the flesh, you know, in, our, in our own selves. Um, and that's one way. And then another way um, that kind of... Another way that tries to solve that, that, that gap theory or tries um, to reconcile those thoughts um, was kind of something we do sometimes and kind of deny our sin, deny, you know, that we actually need growth. Um, we do it a lot. Honest, honestly, I do it myself. Uh, this denial that I'm not actually as bad as, as I think. Um, when I do bad stuff, you know, I'm, I might feel bad about it, but it's not ultimately, ultimately, you know, as bad, you know, as I'm making it out to be. And so, it's kind of almost like taking that that act that Adam and Eve did in Genesis, and kind of we're trying to cover up our own um, sin, our own weaknesses and failures by our own good works. We're kind of taking those fig leaves and trying to cover cover it up, <laughs> in, a, in a sense, um, figuratively. Um, and that's kind of one, one way we tend to kind of, we, we can't think about that. Um, but that also is not biblical. It's also an unbiblical belief. You know, we're not, we're not called to deny our sin and call God a liar and say, oh, we're actually good, God. We're not, we're not sinful. No, First John says, if we say we have no sin, we actually, be, you know, make God a liar and we're not in the truth. So where do we find freedom? You know, if, if God can, you know, make us perfect and whole one step, he's not. And if we're not, if we're called to accept our sin, then what do we do in the midst of all that? Where, where, where do we find our freedom? Well, getting back to this gap theory, um, and kind of getting back to where I was in college, um, I couldn't believe that God was going to love me as, as I am. And... There's some merit to that. There is some truth behind that. That yes, God doesn't like doesn't like our sin. You know, it's because of sin that's, that that separates us from God. So if I sin, though, it must be that I'm separating my, myself from God. Um, but here's the thing. Here's what here's what the Bible actually says about us being imperfect and us growing. Getting back to the, the doctrine of sanctification, what sanctification is, is us becoming essentially more like God, becoming more Christ-like, even even more simply, becoming who we were meant to be. In, in God, you know, we, we fell away because of our sin, you know, we fell away from being that, that person we were meant to be, um, but God's bringing us back to not just that, that form of us, not just that version of us, but ultimately he's bringing it back to, to him, 
to her relationship with him. And that's what sanctification is, is making us to that person where we can know God and experience God and also live according to God and to his ways and to say, to have a life that says, you know what, God is my God. The Lord is the one I live for and I love, so I'm going to walk in his ways and the way he created things. He's my creator, the one I love. And that's what sanctification is, sanctification is, is bringing us to that place. Uh, here's the thing, sanctification is not an overnight process. It's a process, it's a progress that takes over our whole life. It's a process that is really not going to end until we die. Um, and granted, sanctification is actually three things, there's actually um, three words, uh, three um, doctrines for sanctifications in the Bible. Um, Sanctification, the, the first um, doctrine of sanctification um, is, first, is first and foremost is that in Christ we are perfect. We are seen as righteous. That, that when God looks at you, He doesn't see us. He doesn't see our, our failures, our weaknesses. The Bible says when God looks at us, He sees Jesus. And that's one of the miracles of the gospel. One of the, the, the good things of the gospel is that we totally can't Earn by earn by earn by our own merit God's favor. We can do good for sure. Yeah, we're called to do that, but that's not ultimately what God sees. God sees neither our failures nor our good works. He ultimately sees Christ, His work on the cross, what He has done. First, Second Corinthians, um, chapter five, verse twenty-one, I believe. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. It says, You know, he who knew no sin, Jesus, became sin for us, that um, that we might become the righteousness um, of God in him. And what Paul is saying in that verse is that Jesus, he was the one who knew no sin. He was the one who was perfect. And when he died for us, when he did, did his work on the cross, that same perfection is placed upon us that we are now the righteousness of God in Him. And our, our sin, <laughs> He took our place, He took all of our sin and put it on His back. All our sins from the past, the present, and the future, that is every sin we, we have and will um, commit. And that is God's answer to me saying, God, I, I can't really accept that you would love a sinner, me who's me who's imperfect. God says, Do you know what? I don't see you according to you your works, to you, to your goodness. No, I, I see you according to my own goodness, to what Jesus did on the cross. I see you as my son because Christ has done that work of bringing, bringing you near to me and making me your father again, truly. And you're my son, and I love you because of that fact. So sanctification has done that as, as one that we are already perfect right now, this instant, in Christ. Uh, number two, sanctification is also a process. It's a process of making us more like Christ. So number one, we are already perfect in Christ. And then, and then number two, we are actually being made more like Christ. So number one is, is, is a status, a position. 
And number two is us right now in, in this present state in our humanness and our um, right now where we're at in our own weakness and growth. Like God is making us more like Him. Um, so imagine, imagine, imagine this. Imagine Charlie. Okay. Imagine Charlie goes to a store, um, and he says to his mom, he's with his mom shopping, and he says to his mom, Mom, I want you to buy me this candy bar, um, because <laughs> I feel like I, I deserve it because of, of, you know, I've done my chores, I've done my homework, you know, I get good grades, so I, 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 feel, I, I feel I deserve this candy bar. Um, and of course, moms would say, you know, would say, you know, okay, yeah, it makes sense. You know, you're, you're, you're my son. You have done, you know, good. Um, so you, you deserve this candy bar. And that makes sense. Now imagine Charlie, the same Charlie asks, or a different Charlie asks for that candy bar. And he says, mom, I've, I've been a good, ki- good kid. I know I've, you know, messed up in the past. You know, I've, I know <laughs> I didn't do my chores. I know I, I threw a tantrum earlier. And I accidentally spill my shake in, in your car. But can you still buy me this candy bar? Um, most likely, your mom's gonna say no. She's like, well, you kind of don't deserve it. Um, Charlie, most of us wants, want. Most of us want to be the first Charlie. Most of us would call. You know, would want to imagine ourselves as. The good Charlie Christian, <laughs> the good Charlie Christian, um, the one who's always doing good, the one who's always doing right. But when we actually look at our lives and when we're actually honest, most of us are the second Charlie, <laughs> the second Charlie Christian. Um, we know we're not deserving. We know we're not worthy. So for us to ask God something, like it's kind of a bold step for us to say, God, you know, I, I want this, I, I, I need this, and or I just want to f- just feel you, and I just want to feel loved, but there's honestly sometimes this weights that makes us feel like we don't deserve to ask God for anything. Even feeling, even feeling His presence might, might, might feel hard. It might be asking too much of God because it's like being too extra. <laughs> and that's kind of what saint, the the second process of sanctification does, and what it deals with is that real version of us that we know we're messed up. We know we have growth to do. The problem is that we make that second version of sanctification of us needing growth like we we put ourselves to make that also the our position we make our works and where we're at growth wise like that's where we stand and that reflects where we stand positionally with God we're, we're in actual reality no we stand in position and in reality and what Christ has already done so we can know that we can we have fears and weaknesses, but we can still embrace those new and say, you know, God, you are growing me, but you still love me because in this midst of this process of me being real, I am not defined by those things. I'm defined by your work on the cross. And that's something that God really did in my heart in college of saying, do you know what? 
Do not be afraid to accept your weaknesses, your failures. To even say, do you know God? I don't feel like I'm doing good. I don't feel like I, like I can say, like, like I feel like I, I like I don't feel like I can say that you love me in confidence. I feel like you are kind of almost disappointed in me. That's how's real. How's, that's real. No, that's being honest, truly honest. Like, how many of us would say that we actually have said that and feel that sometimes? That if we were to imagine God looking at us right now, would we, would we imagine God smiling at us or would we imagine him being like, oh, you can do better, kid. <laughs> I, I saw the thing you did and I was kind of gross. I was kind of dumb. No. When you fail, when you sin even, God does respond to that but never out of a means to punish you never not out of a means to make you pay for your own sin but out of a means to draw himself to draw you closer to him to draw you to repentance to, to help you realize that you are already justified so he wants to live that way never for you to pay for your sins it's him saying son daughter I've already paid the price and I want you to see that what you're doing is not worth it I've given you so much more so I want to bring you back so what God does do how he does respond is in goodness and patience and kindness not ever in being disgusted at us definitely at the sin but not at us never in really disappointment he wants you to know him and know that he has made you perfect he has made you right and whole and just that the work that Christ has done has made you free that you don't have to live any longer trying to strive to be, be perfect to try to please people to try to please God in a way that would you can earn salvation that you can earn grace earn mercy no, you can live because you already have grace. You have mercy. You've already been saved. You already have that work done in, in your heart. That even when you you know you spilled that milkshake in the back seat of your uh, figuratively, figuratively, you know you messed up. Like so, you can still come to God and know and know that He's in the still responding kindness. That's where freedom is at. That's what freedom is. Is knowing that Jesus broke us from the bondage of sin and shame. Romans says, Romans chapter 6 says that Jesus did the work that the law cannot do. That there is no good work, there is no keeping of the law, no keeping of the commandments that could bring us close to God. It was weak. That was totally insufficient. So nothing we can do now can, still cannot come close to that. So that is a burden that we can take off our backs. To see Christ, I trust your work.
I know you love me. Even when I don't feel like I've done a good job. No. He loves you because you're his son and he loves you because he loves you. Because you're his daughter. Nothing's ever going to change that. He's making you more and more like Christ. becoming, Making you become more of who you're meant to be. But never let that process, that progress of you learning to lay down that sin, to break those cycles of sin. It's a process, yes. But just because it's a process doesn't mean that God does not love you. He loves you every step of the way. Every repentance prayer you pray, every time you sin, you say, God dang it, I've done it again. He still looks like he forgives you. He still looks at you and forgives you. And I want to encourage you, find freedom in that. I know we hear a lot in church that you have to be well put together. You should do this. You should do that. You ought to, you know, not want to sin. And sometimes it feels like and sounds like you have to do this work of sanctifying yourself, of making yourself righteous and holy and this godly person that you're supposed to be. Like you should be filling that gap, filling that gap yourself. And you kind of feel like you have to do it by yourself. And that also is unbiblical. Bible says sanctification is a work of Jesus in you and his spirit in you making you more like Christ every day don't feel like you have to do this work alone that you have to conceive of your own goodness and righteousness no put on Christ in his righteousness and he is going to make you new he is going to grow you but through his power of, of him through the power of the father through the power of the spirit upon you leading you and guiding you in his truth he is going to do that work as a work we never could do and it's still a work we never can do it's only a work that we can do in Christ and him so it's not a burden we have to bear but rather a call we take up and say God I want to follow you I want to turn from those things and do whatever it takes to turn from that sin. But knowing that me turning from that sin does not define me. It's still your work on the cross that defines me. So take heart. I want to leave you with that. I want to leave you that. Leave you with this truth. You are free in Christ. The sins that you've committed do not hold you bondage. Christ has made you free. You are his son. You are his daughter. And you are alive right now. It's simply because of the fact because you said, Jesus, I believe. I put my faith in you. That's all it takes. And that's his love. That's his grace for over you. So go on this week. Um, I pray that you can you, you were blessed by this and I pray that you continue to think about these things and maybe think about how you can be honest in your own life to say, God, maybe I am trying to be a good person and not face my own sin and take up your righteousness. And 
Just, uh, I just want to encourage you to spend time with God. Be honest, be, be honest. He's going to receive you. Be real with Him. And yeah, just go on. I hope you have a blessed week and may you go forward and be free in Christ and have, have to join Him. Um, in Jesus' name, Amen. Thanks for joining me, guys, in this week's episode of the Faithful Found Podcast. Tune in next week for another episode, and I'll talk to you guys soon. Have a great week.